today on Abounding Grace. Even as everything around us swirls in confusion and pain, difficulty and uncertainty, God is still on the throne. He's alive, loving us, working through these things to bring it about for His purposes. There's a plan for your life. You could say that God has a purposeful plan for your life, that nothing is wasted by God. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sleep for. For the past few weeks on Abounding Grace, we've been receiving help for our troubled hearts. And on our next two programs, we'll be wrapping up the series. Whether it's someone you know that's hurting, or you feel as though you're the one who's carrying the weight of the world, there's something for each of us to take in and apply from today's talk. I think you'll find it greatly encouraging. It's centered around Romans 8.28 and Galatians 6. Here's our teacher once again, Pastor Ed Taylor. Would you please open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 as we focus again on verse 28. If you'd like to get ahead, you can also open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 and Galatians chapter 6 in a Bible study that I've entitled, Yes, God is Working Even in That, Part 2. It goes together with our time last time as we were encouraged that God is working even in that because that's the comfort that we find from Romans 8 28. That you might be here today and you say, wait a minute, Ed, are you saying that God is working even in this? And the answer would be yes. As a believer in Jesus Christ, God is working even in that to bring about it as it is this day for his glory and your good. Even as everything around us swirls in confusion and pain, difficulty and uncertainty, God is still on the throne. He's alive, loving us, working through these things to bring it about for his purposes. There is a plan for your life. You could say that God has a purposeful plan for your life, and that nothing is wasted by God. Because it's true, things can get real tough. Things don't line up the way that we had expected, or we had planned or anticipated. Then before you know it, life can get so difficult and so hard that it feels like there are times when we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. And it's just heavy. I mean, how many of you today, by a show of hands, feel like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders? And so you can see that there's a few among us that things are so difficult right now that it just feels like you're carrying the weight of the world. It's so heavy. In our church, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our community, we are surrounded by hurting people. We're surrounded by those going through great difficult times. Those that are physically hurting, those that are emotionally torn up, those that are financially burdened. You, you might even respond to say, well, Ed, I didn't know that. Now, if you've been with us for the last eight weeks, you really can't say that because that's been the banner of which we've flown over these Bible studies, that the people that you're sitting next to, 
the people that you live with, the people that you work with, the people that you study with, everyone's going through something. And some, as we've seen, feel like the weight of the world is on their shoulders even today. But if your response was, wait, you know, I didn't know that, Ed. Let, let me respond by saying, shouldn't you know that, believer? Shouldn't you know? Shouldn't you walk around this world with a heart that cares? One that's sensitive to the weaknesses and the difficulties of others? Shouldn't you know the things that are going on with the people that you're connected with? And you might say, well, wait a minute, Ed. That's your job. You're the pastor. And the other pastors of the church, that's your jobs. To which I would say, you're partially right. You're right. It is our job. And we do care. And we are interested. And we spend a lot of our time praying and seeking God for those that are hurting, those that need a touch of encouragement and strength from the Lord. But it's not exclusively our job. It's not exclusively. It's our job collectively as the church of Jesus Christ. We should be the most caring and the most loving and the most generous people on the planet with our time and our talents and our treasures, especially to those that are hurting, to those that are carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. We should be praying for discernment, that the manifestation of the Spirit of God would open up in us in discernment, that we might be able to see on their face or in their, the way they walk or how they're acting an opportunity to step into their lives. It's not just the pastor's job. It's for all of us. We're called alongside each other to help, which is what I want to show you in Galatians chapter 6. Notice with me, Galatians chapter 6 in verse 1. It says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he'll have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Each one should bear his own load. In verse 2, it says that we're to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's God's call in our lives, that we might come alongside one another and help bear the burdens that folks are carrying. You know, a weight in our lives is made half as heavy. The loads in life are so much lighter when a brother or sister comes alongside to help us carry them along. What a great opportunity that we have to step into people's lives. Now, I know that those of you that have the weight on your shoulders, you feel like, you know, you can't help anyone right now. Things are too hard. Things are too difficult. Things are, are very difficult for you right now. You go, how could I possibly help anyone? Well, listen, that's the perfect time to step into someone's life. Not only do they, do they need you, but you need them. To come alongside and serve someone in their pain helps to relieve some of the pressure. When you step into someone's life and you're open to the work of the Holy Spirit, it's amazing the comfort and encouragement that comes as you step to help someone else. You can't wait for the pain to go before you start serving the Lord. Some of you right now listening to me, you're, waiting, you're saying, look, whenever, when this pain goes away, then I'll start serving. When this difficulty passes, then I'll step in. When this situation is gone, then I'll start caring. Listen, it's possible that the situation you're in will never pass. And you find yourself becoming so self-absorbed and so self-centered that things just get worse for you and not better because it begins to smother your faith and trust in God. 
One of the greatest ways to step outside of our own pain and suffering is to step into someone else's and watch him use you in amazing ways. Bear one another's burdens. But then notice in verse 5, each one shall bear his own load. To those studying the Bible and paying attention to these, you may come back and say, wait a minute, that sounds like a little bit of a contradiction. In verse 2, he says, bear one another's burdens. And then in verse 5, he says, each one shall bear his own load. But, But Paul is using different words here to describe different things. For example, in verse 2, bear one another's burdens, that word literally refers to, person, to a person taking a hit in the chest or to be punched in the gut. You know, those of you that have been punched in the gut, you understand what a time of crisis that really is. When you're punched in the gut, your life has been reduced to one thing and one thing only, and that's what? The next breath. I need the next breath. I can't breathe. You know, you're, when you're punched in the gut, you're not thinking about the mortgage. You're not thinking about the flat tire. You're not thinking about your career. You're not thinking about the difficulties of life. You've got one thought. I need the next breath. Somebody help me. I can't breathe. And if I can't breathe, I don't know what's going to happen. And it's the next breath. Well, life can be like that, can it? Life can punch you in the gut. So that the situation is so hard and so difficult for you that it's reduced you down just to one thing. I can't breathe. I don't know how I'm going to make it. And when people face that kind of difficulty, they need help. They need help to come alongside and help them bear the burden. Whereas in verse 5, when it says, for each one shall bear his own load, the word there for load literally speaks of a soldier's pack. It just speaks to what a soldier would take in his backpack. We're like your kiddos. You set your kiddos up, you give them a backpack, and they're to carry their own load. They're to carry their own load. You know, you, would, you, you put your, a blanket and a stuffed animal in your kid's backpack, and you put it on their shoulders. Oh, daddy, daddy, it's so heavy, it's so heavy. It's just a backpack, bro, with a stuffed animal. Carry it. You can do it. It's going to be okay. What we, talk, what we call that within adulthood is responsibility. What the Bible is saying is we should all be responsible for our lives. We should all take responsibility for our lives. We're not to be, as believers in Jesus Christ, those that are irresponsible, always wanting someone to take just what is normal responsibility in our lives. We're to carry our own load. We're to live our own life as unto the Lord. We're to to live in such a way where, well, you know, we, we are to reject the attitude of entitlement, where we think everyone should do something for us. We are to reject the attitude of entitlement because what Jesus did is he replaced that attitude of entitlement with a proper attitude of what? Servanthood. We're to be servants. We're to give our lives in some humble servitude to Jesus Christ. That if we love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so both of these go together. You know, for those of you that have the weight of the world, you have a friend that carries your burden By faith in Jesus Christ, what does he do? He invites you and he says, you come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. We don't use heavy laden very much, so let's just replace that. Come unto me, all you who are weary and feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You come to me, Jesus says, and I'll give you rest. Notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say come to the church or come to a pastor or come to a friend. True release, help, and comfort comes through a relationship in Jesus Christ and him alone. Be responsible for your life, but also know that there are those that get punched in the gut every once in a while. Sometimes punch after punch, where a person feels like they're getting kicked when they're down. And we shouldn't be people who are always trying to get someone else to carry our pack. 
We need to be those that are spiritual. And he even gives an example too in verse 1. He says, especially those that have been kicked down because of their own sin. He says, you guys that are spiritual, restore a brother. We as the church of Jesus Christ should outlive the bad reputation that other generations have given us that we kick our brothers and sisters when they're down. That's not the heart of God. He picks us up. Though a man falls seven times, he'll rise again. We're not to kick each other when we're down. We're to help him. That word restore in Galatians 6.1, it's a medical term. It literally means to restore a broken bone. It, it, means, it means to set it back straight. And that's the heart of God for us. Occasionally, folks in, in the church will have their own burdens and their own difficulties. And then some huge situation comes upon them. We should love them enough to say or to text or to email or to call and say, you know, I see it's heavy for you. I see that it's bringing you down. I see that this situation's causing you to veer off and wander away. Let me pray for you. Here's a scripture God gave me. How can I pray for you? How can I help? And watch God do wonderful things. And one of the things as we offer help to someone, one of the tools that we'll use is Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Some of you, that's the only tool that you have, but it's a great tool to have. It's intended to comfort us and encourage us. The truths that we saw last time are just so glorious. Like Romans 8.28 takes us into the heavenlies. It takes us into the throne room of God. It takes us in to see the inner workings of his sovereignty as nothing is wasted by him. So in our overview last time, we were greatly encouraged. Today I want to be encouraged by taking the verse that's before us phrase by phrase. And, and let's allow it and the weight of what Paul is saying here, the Holy Spirit speaking through him to, to strengthen us today. And so if you're taking notes, come back with me to Romans chapter 8. Let's look at this phrase by phrase. In verse 28, it says, and we know. That's number one. We know. We know. Paul uses this phrase about 30 plus times in his writings. And he uses a tense in the original Greek language that might be translated, we know that we know that we know. This is a statement of certainty and assurance and confidence. Just like I'm sure there's things in your life right now that you could say without a doubt, I know that I know that I know. If someone tried to come and talk you out of it, you go, no way, I know this to be true. If someone tried to offer you bait and say, oh no, that's not, you'd say, absolutely, I know it. I know it by truth. I know it by experience. Away with your lies. That's what Paul's saying here. I know that I know that I know this to be true. Christianity is not some philosophical answer to life's issues, you know. It's not a philosophy. Christianity is not just a set of teachings, a few moral teachings from a very moral teacher, some guy named Jesus Christ. That's not Christianity at all. Christianity is certainty. It's assurance. It's confidence in the person and the work of Jesus Christ who was born and lived and died, and he rose again from the dead. He's alive right now, sitting at the right hand of the Father, coming back, ready at just the right time to return for his saints, to fulfill all promises that were made in the Scripture that are yet unfulfilled. We're waiting for their fullness. Christianity is a certainty that we have the Word of God that speaks to us and brings life and strength. It's alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. There are things that are certain and we know just 100% to be true. As we've been taught many times, when we face those things that we don't understand, and it's times of pain and trials and difficulties that we just don't understand, 
We just don't, it, it's times of trials and difficulties where we begin to ask questions, why God? Why me, God? Why this, God? I don't understand. I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand why it's happening to me. Or to, I don't understand. It's important in those times of pain and trial when you lack understanding, when you don't understand, to fall back on the things that you do understand. Well, what do we understand about God that are absolutely true? Well, we know that God is love and that he loves us. We know that God cares. We know that God is faithful. We know that God keeps his promises. We know that God has promised to never leave us or forsake us. And so in those times, you know, if you were to come to me today as a pastor and say, Ed, this is my situation. Can you explain it to me? Most likely, that's impossible. I'm not going to be able to explain it because I don't know what's happening in your life. Even if you gave me all the facts, I still don't know what God is doing and what he's allowing in your life. But even if I were able to explain it to you, you still wouldn't be satisfied. Because if I explain it to you and say, well, this is what God's doing, this is what God's doing, this is what God's doing, and then you would answer, well, that's not fair. And it would take you down another path because what you're seeking for comfort and ease what you're seeking for comfort and ease is an explanation. But the Bible says this, we don't live by explanations, we live by faith. And we trust God even in the darkness. We trust God even in the fog. We trust God even when things are disorienting and we don't quite see what the future holds and we don't quite know what's gonna happen and we don't know how this is gonna work out. We walk by faith and not by sight. God has proven himself in the past. God is gonna prove himself through this. And if he gives us a future and we face another situation, he's going to prove himself through there. When we come up against those things that we don't understand, we need to fall back on the things that we do understand. Not demanding an explanation because explanations will not satisfy, but rather responding in faith as God is using this situation. We know, we know. That's true. There are things that we just don't know. We don't have every answer that we're seeking right now especially in relation to the pain and the problems and the sorrows you're in right now. But it's important that we not give up the things we know just for a few things right now that we don't know. And one day it'll all be revealed and explained to us in the presence of the Lord. But today, I don't always understand the trials. I don't understand some of the things I'm personally going through today. This is not just a Bible study to you. It's a Bible study to all of us. I don't understand some things. It just don't make sense. It's just not how rational people that say they're godly behave. I just don't get it. But in the reality, I don't see God's, I don't, I don't always see God's hand working behind the scenes. I don't always get it. You don't always get it, but I go through them and I trust in the Lord and I believe in whom I haven't seen yet because his joy becomes my joy. And I come back to Romans 28 and I can agree with Paul. I know there's so much about God. I do know, and I'm going to trust him through the pain. Number two, notice the second phrase that he uses is that all things, all things. Don't read that most things. Don't read that some things. Don't read that, and we know that all things almost sort of accept this thing. It is all things. All things work together. The truth is that God is working in all things in our lives. That the work of God is all-encompassing. Paul isn't saying that God's going to keep you from pain, but that even if you experience pain, God's going to use it. Now, I have to say, if you don't really believe this, if you don't really believe this, if this is something that you really don't think is true, I am certain that the people closest to you can tell. They can see it on your face. They can see it in your actions. Like if you don't believe this, that all things, if you would read this verse, some things or most things, 
then the people closest to you realize that. They see that in your life. If we had the chance to spend some time with you, we'd learn just how very mad you've become, how very bitter you've become, or upset, how manipulative you are now, how faithless you've become. We'd see that your relationship with Jesus has turned into anger and frustration over some of the all things in your life. It could be present. It could be something in the distant past. But either way, if you don't believe all things, it's affecting your relationship with God and therefore affecting your relationship with others. Here's the root of the problem. The root of the problem is that you don't believe that God works all things. That's the root. It's a faith issue. And then you just have that one thing or that one situation or two that you say, oh no, God can't possibly work in this. He can't possibly use this. You might, even, even, you might even say, if I were God, I would. And all the while, what God is teaching you, he's teaching you and me two things. We're to wait and watch. That's what he's teaching. You're to wait and watch. This is what the Bible says in Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What are you waiting for? But strength from the Lord. For what? To watch how he's going to work it out. You've got to wait. Wait. Hang in there. Slow down. Wait while you're watching for God to work it out. Psalm 37, 7. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently in Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in the way, because of the men who bring wicked schemes to pass. So what is he saying? He's saying, focus on the person. No, he's not saying that at all. He says, focus on the Lord. Wait and watch. That's what we're to do in the midst of the pain. A good reminder as we close out today's Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor. When our heart is troubled, we may wonder where to turn. And the Lord in His Word has the help and encouragement we need for those seasons of life. Visit our website at helpforthetroubledheart.com and find resources that can bless your life and help you gain and maintain the right perspective. Again, that's helpforthetroubledheart.com. We've also put this entire series, Help for the Troubled Heart, onto a USB thumb drive, making it super easy to load onto your computer, listen to in your car, or give to that person in your life that is hurting and could use the encouragement. We'll gladly send the series on the thumb drive for a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Just call 877-30-GRACE and we can take your request for this special offer. Again, that's 877-30-GRACE. Ed, as you know, a lot of time, prayer, and energy went into creating the series, Help for the Troubled Heart. And as we approach the end, it would be nice to hear what the Lord is doing through it all. Would you speak for a minute about how that would be a blessing to the team here at Abounding Grace? Well, we did spend a lot of time and, and really took a few years, Larry, before we launched this Bible study series, and we hope to develop it into a book and and develop a website around it where we're just available, one more opportunity to be available to those that are troubled. And I want to hear from you if these Bible studies have encouraged you, have strengthened you, have challenged you, if the Holy Spirit has used them in their life. Would you email us? Would you connect with us? Uh, would you call us and leave a message or go onto our website and calvaryaurora.org and, and shoot us a note and let us know how God has been using these uh, week after week and month after month, especially when we taught this series live here at Calvary. Uh, the Holy Spirit was 
just in a powerful, overwhelming way, bringing hope and strength and help to those that are listening. And now that it's been being broadcast on the radio and we're almost at the end, you know, God wants to use even that. And he is using that as you yield and cooperate with him. So please do let us know. We'd love to read your emails and your letters, and we love to hear the messages that you leave on our voicemail. Uh, we so appreciate the relationship we have with you. And, and even though I wish in my own life that you know the things that have happened to me and are currently happening, uh, I've never had to experience them. I am a better man for them. And I'm grateful that through the brokenness of my own life, I'm able to encourage you uh, personally. So that that's a personal uh, strength and encouragement that I carry every day. Uh, so thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. If you'd like to share an encouraging word about what the Lord has done, call us at 877-30-GRACE or email us at info at calvaryaurora.org. That's info at calvaryaurora.org. Thanks in advance. We'll wrap up our series, Help for the Troubled Heart, on the next Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor. We'll see you then. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Aurora.